Happy Thursday, Seattle hockey fans. On today's episode, we're going to talk about why Dave Haxtell believes success begets success. And unfortunately, book talk making its rounds. But I might have a change of heart on some of my opinions that I gave last week. That and more on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Kraken, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We bring you your team every day, except when we're in our offseason, which is right now. So we bring you your team three days a week, and we are here to talk about the Seattle Kraken. Today's episode of Locked On Kraken brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com backslash locked on NHL or enter promo code locked on NHL for a free white tech hat with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, folks. Yes, we are going to do our what's cracking or what is in the Seattle Kraken news cycle. And once again, Book Talk and the Wenbergs are in the news cycle. And that is because the podcast ESPN Daily had Greg Wyshynski on to talk about his article on Book Talk. I told you I mostly focused on Jeff Baker's article when we talked about Book Talk versus the Wenbergs because Jeff knows the team and has been following the team. So I, I, I wanted to, to follow that and keep it local for us here on Locked on Kraken. However, uh, someone brought it to my attention that ESPN Daily actually used a clip of me right here on Locked on Kraken on ESPN Daily and that Greg Wyshynski was talking about his story on Book Talk. What I appreciated from the story is that it illuminated some of the uh, quotes that Greg Wyshynski had used when he spoke to a, um, a writer, I believe she specifically focuses on hockey romance and romance novels. And so has a a very um, a, a, a very good working understanding of book talk. And what stood out to me even more so after hearing the podcast as opposed to just reading Greg Wyshynski's article is that the book talk community had actually been warning the Seattle Kraken that maybe some of what they were posting was not going to end well. And there was one um, clip in the podcast, ESPN Daily, uh, for August 9th. So that would have been Wednesday of this week, where, again, the, the, the writer that Greg Wyshynski talked to remembers seeing, and she said that she stitched or she kind of, you know, utilized some of the crack in social media. And she had a um, an image, a video of Alex Wenberg. And before he caught the camera with his eyes, he, he's just smiling and you see him smiling. Um, but then 
she says, as soon as he saw the camera, that his smile went away. And she said maybe she was interpreting it because she had already been concerned. But to her, she felt like that was a hockey player kind of losing his joy and being a little bit more on guard once he saw that there was a camera pointed at him. And that was really heartbreaking. And it got me thinking, has the Seattle Kraken really done enough to protect the Wenbergs and some of their other players? I kind of stayed away from that. Um, but, and I honestly don't know. I don't know wh what the answer is. So hopefully this is not something that we have to continue discussing, but I did just want to bring back that because again, we made ESPN daily folks. Um, and unfortunately not in a way that I ever would have wanted this show to be featured on ESPN daily. But again, I just want to say that here on Locked on Kraken, we support the Wenbergs. I have always supported the Seattle Kraken organization, but I do think ESPN Daily, the podcast, did a much better job of describing and explaining why the Seattle Kraken might be culpable more so than I realized. So if um, you're still trying to figure out what book talk is, go ahead to our episode from last week. And again, if you want to get a, a more substance as to maybe how and why the Seattle Kraken should have done more. I thought that they did a great job on ESPN daily. All right, back to hockey news. You know that I've always talked about Martin Jones and how I felt that he was, uh, you know, an understood asset for us. I understand why we did not re-sign him, but he does get re-signed one year deal. I believe it's uh 875 K uh, to Toronto. And whether you read the hockey news or the athletic, a lot of people are basically surmising that Martin Jones might be utilized to create a little bit more competition when it comes to um, camp. And um, so the Maple Leafs, they have, they have two goalies and a third goalie that's been dealing with concussions. So Matt Murray has been placed on long-term injury reserve because, um, you know, he's been dealing with concussion concussion issues. So that me that leaves them with Samsonov and Joseph Wall, who's a 25-year-old backup goalie. Uh, Samsonov is a at 3.55 million dollars, and Samsonov has a significantly smaller contract. So with this signing, there are a lot of people who think that Jones might be pushing competition here. There's also questions that if they want to keep Jones for emergencies, it makes it easier to put him through the waiver wire um, as opposed to Joseph Wall, who doesn't have uh, the largest contract, but the upside is really great just so you get to know a little bit more about Joseph Wall. Uh, you know, he played 11 NHL regular season games um, and, you know, is still very young, very new. So yeah, 875K for Martin Jones gives them a little bit of flexibility, gives them experience that Wall just doesn't have right now. Um, and so the concern for the Toronto Maple Leafs was with, um, again, one of their goaltenders, Murray, on the LTIR, 
would Samsonov be able to really carry the team for a majority of the season? And if the answer is no, then is Wall the player that you want to step up in the games that Samsonov cannot go? And I think the breadth of work certainly from last season shows that Martin Jones can give you some quality starts. And we've talked about that on the podcast before. So uh, yeah, best of luck to Martin Jones. I'm very curious to see what happens there. Um, But you know, you got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And Martin Jones is finding a way to, to remain in the national hockey league. Just one more thing on this before we get ready to transition to our next segment. But again, Putting Wall through waivers exposes him. And one of the articles that I was reading, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs have already had a situation where they lost a goaltender because they placed him on waivers. Martin Jones, a hefty 875K for effectively a backup goalie at best, maybe your third goalie. I think a lot of people feel like it's it's safe for the Toronto Maple Leafs to hedge their bets. Get a veteran goaltender get a goaltender that can deal with a NHL level workload as a backup goalie, as a, your second goalie and try to protect what you believe could be your future. So again, best of luck to Martin Jones, but coming up next on Locked on Kraken. I want to head over to the University of North Dakota that has two of their three installments um, dealing on Dave Haxtell and by extension his family. And the second installment uh, really speaks to character building, culture building, and the Seattle Kraken. That's coming up on Locked on Kraken. As I mentioned at the top of the show, today's episode of Locked on Kraken brought to you by Bird Dogs. So Bird Dogs are just going to make you look good. I was a little bit hesitant, felt that they were more so catering to the men folk, as I often say, but I brought Bird Dogs on this most recent trip. They make just my figure look great. I think they fit really well. There's a stretch, there's a give. And um, although I'm on the road, I hear they sent us also some pants that I cannot wait to try. So if you're looking for something, an inventive way uh, to have something that is kind of a khaki looking uh, type of short or pants. So that means you can be casual, but you can also dress it up a little bit, but you also want to get some stretch and elasticity and something that is going to slim your overall figure. You have to check out bird dogs. So go to birddogs.com backslash locked on NHL, or you can enter promo code locked on NHL at checkout for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com backslash locked on NHL or promo code locked on NHL for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise. Thanks as always for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily destination. Erica L. Ayala here, your host of Locked on Kraken. And we talked a little bit about what's cracking, some news that's circling around, including unfortunately book talk again. But again, check out uh, ESPN Daily. I thought it was a really good mashup and a good conversation. But now I want to head back to Kraken Camp. And let's talk about why success begets success or success breeds more success. And that was something that people know, but it requires a patience. And after reading this article on 
Dave Haxtell by the University of North Dakota, it really just illuminated for me why the Seattle Kraken went and got Dave Haxtell as their first ever head coach. So again, this is part of a three-part installment. Uh, it's entitled Dave Haxtell Knows Nothing Succeeds Like Success. Patrick C. Miller writing this earlier in the week for, again, the University of North Dakota, which is not only Haxtell's alma mater, but he also coached there. And ultimately in the article, what I really like is that Dave Haxtell talks about, and you know, if you're an everydayer, if you're an everyday listener, you know that I talked about at the beginning of last season, we had such a promising training camp and preseason but then we just couldn't have that consistency early on in the year. And Dave Haxtell talks about this. You can see the quote if you're watching on YouTube right here. But if you're listening on audio, uh, one, forgive the echo. I'm in a little bit of a closed room here. But also, I'll read this quote to you. Quote, we were sporadic with our play early on, Haxtell said of the Kraken's initial start to the 2022-2023 season. Once we dug in and found some success, that's when belief started to happen. And that's when the power of a competitive type team really came to light. And again, Patrick, the author of this article and of this series, a three-part series with Dave Haxtell. So uh, for some of our everydayers or uh, listeners. Hi, Megan, thinking of you. Um, if you want to learn more about Dave Haxtell, the first installment talks about his family and how they dealt with, especially during COVID, being in different parts of North America and how Dave's wife, Erin, has essentially been the rock. And uh, as she put it in her own words, kind of the, the family secretary, just keeping calendars organized go check out part one. And again, there will be a third part coming up. But I really enjoyed this article because it walks through Dave Haxtell and his approach to coaching and, um, you know, how he has met success and how, again, success begets more success. You have to have a little bit of a taste. You, you want to have buy-in if you can, just based off of personality and based off of the relationships that you establish. And I think the article does a great job of explaining why Dave Haxtell is that kind of guy, that he has the respect and I don't want to say necessarily admiration, but he definitely has the respect of the players and the staff that he works with. And that will get you pretty far, but you still need to especially when it comes to systems, you have to have that buy-in. And it kind of reminds me of um, perhaps what was going on with Philip Grubauer. There was just something that Philip Grubauer, in my opinion, um, I'm, I'm uh, definitely reading some tea leaves here or just from my observations, Philip Grubauer didn't necessarily buy into the Seattle Kraken system in season one. He always looked uncomfortable. The team didn't really play well when he was a net, and I'm not saying that has anything to do with Philip Grubauer or the team playing differently from him. It was just vibes. It was it was interesting energy. And speaking of energy and Philip Grubauer, we're going to talk about this on another episode later on. Another episode of Uncharted, uh, getting to learn a little bit more about Philip Grubauer and his love for animals and a certain animal in particular. So go check that out on the Seattle Kraken YouTube page. But in watching that episode of Uncharted, it just was such a starch contrast to how I think Phil Grubauer played in season one. But then you make a goalie uh, coaching change 
uh, Steve Briere comes in and Philip Grubauer completely different. So we'll talk about this again in another episode coming up probably next week. But um, I, I just think that that also speaks to what uh, Patrick is saying about Dave Haxtell and his approach later on in the article uh, towards the end, Dave Haxtell also just talking about, he was asked effectively, what's the difference between coaching at the collegiate level and coaching in the NHL? He's been a few places in the NHL, Philadelphia, Toronto, the aforementioned where Martin Jones is now. And of course now with Seattle and he, Dave Haxtell kind of indicated that he gets asked that question a lot, but what he said is absolutely not different is that you have to deal with players as individuals. You have to really get to know what guys are going through, how they think about things. And he, he said it was, um, or Patrick writes that uh, Patrick Miller writes that it's really just a critical aspect of coaching at any level. Um, and the quote from Dave Haxtell is, that's an area you can't spend enough time on. It's really difficult to coach players if you don't pay attention and know what's happening in their personal lives. That's really where your focus has to be. If you want somebody to trust you, you have to do a little bit better than just having systems and X's and O's for them. And Dave Haxtell gets that. And I picked that up right away. I didn't know about Dave Haxtell, not in any detail, his history with Philadelphia. I heard a lot about his history with Philadelphia. Uh, I knew that he was with Toronto. I knew that he coached at North Dakota and Sioux Falls, of course. But um I just got a sense right away, and we talked about it on the show, that Dave Haxtell really leans in to getting to know his players. And not in a way where he's going to be best buds with his players, but he takes an interest in who they are. And that's been making rounds when it comes to the Seattle Kraken because Jared McCann did a podcast and he talked about effectively an open door policy and how he felt that he could go to his coaches and, uh, and sometimes even staff and he could have a conversation. And Dave Haxtell was asked about that, you know, when his contract extension was announced and he did media with us and, you know, he just really buys into that. He believes in that. He takes time and care to get to know his players. And I think that makes it when you're in the dog days of a season, when you're in the dog days of a losing season, and certainly when you're in the dog days of a playoff run, that work that he puts in on the front end makes it easier to communicate when you kind of have your back up against the, the wall or the boards sometimes. So I really liked this. Um, I'm enjoying this series here by the University of North Dakota on one of their own and our very own head coach, Dave Haxtell. Coming up next, I want to close out the show. I talked the other day about, you know, we asked this question, question of the day, you know, who do we think should get a contract extension? And I'm going to answer that next week. I have three players in mind, but before I answer that, I want to get into who I think is the heart, who is the heartbeat of the Seattle Kraken team. That's coming up on this episode of Locked on Kraken. Thanks as always for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily destination. My new catchphrase here, I appreciate the everydayers, I appreciate the YouTube uh, viewers and the listeners and a question of the day for today. We're going to end with our question of the day. That's what I'm going to talk about. But you let me know. Who do you think is the heart? Who's the heartbeat of the Seattle Kraken organization? I think there's a lot of different ways we can go. But you let me know. 
So I'm going to pin that if you're watching on YouTube, but let me know who's the heart or the heartbeat of the Seattle Kraken team. And I'm going to throw out a few names here because I think it, th these are some of the names that have to be top of the list when it comes to who we should extend. Uh, now, if you're striatic, we should extend everyone. Love that comment on our YouTube page. I appreciate those who are everydayers and, and you make comments on the video. We also had a comment regarding Book Talk because, again, we were on ESPN Daily and maybe some people going back to that episode. Uh, they didn't say that they got the clip from Locked on Kraken, but I thought it was interesting. Someone that I know in the WNBA space was like, I'm pretty sure I heard your voice on ESPN Daily. I thought that was pretty cool. Anyway, so who is the heartbeat? You can think of this as, you know, who drives us offensively, who drives us defensively. But for me, I'm going to go with emotionally um, and from a leadership perspective. And for me, there are two people, there are two names that have risen to the top as I was thinking about this and maybe an honorable mention. And one of the, one of them, um, we're under the assumption that he is going to get extended. So you probably won't hear me talk about my honorable mention, who is Maddie Beneers. If you listened early on in last season, right here on Locked on Kraken, what did I keep saying about Maddie Beneers? I'll give you a moment to reflect. Come on, everydayers. Come on, OGers. What did I always say about Maddie Beneers? That he was that guy. Now, I give him honorable mention because he has so much upside. We haven't even seen all of his growth. But on the ice, he was our most consistent player. He was the guy getting after it for especially early on in that season. I think that whether it was dealing with what we believe was probably a concussion, um, having some time away at all-star break, and then also teams figuring out how to disrupt his game. I think some of that went away. So he's an honorable mention for now, mostly because there are other players too that I think um, whether they are performing offensively or not, as in being productive with goals and assists, that these guys can motivate the crap out of the Seattle Kraken. Do you, do you have an idea? Do you, do you have an idea of who I might be talking about? Well, one of them is someone who most Seattle Kraken fans think should be our next captain, and that is the one and only Yanni Gord. His engine is like no other. Turbo obviously has a great engine, but Yanni's engine and Turbo's engine, something completely different. You have certain cars or vehicles, right, that are built for raw speed, okay? Um, but they maybe don't handle as well. But... Yanni Gord is kind of like that car that has great speed, great engine. You can just open her up, you know, and she's just going to crush it, but also has a smooth ride. And what do I mean by that? How do we re relate or translate that to people? I think when I think of people being like a quote unquote, you know, uh, like, like a car that's smooth, they're steady, they're stable. Even as things are getting frantic, the road gets bumpy. Uh, you know, you're on gravel versus asphalt. The control of the car, um, the performance of the car, more or less stays the same. That's for me, that's Yanni Gord, okay? And that's, I think, again, why a lot of people want to see him be the next captain. And I, I get that. I do. 
But there's one other player. And if you're an everydayer, you probably know where I'm going with this because I'm not opposed to Yanni Gord for captain. I just think there's another player that's a better option. And it's maybe more vibes. I don't know that it's something tangible or analytics that I can point to. But for me, the heartbeat, the energy, the and someone who performs, um, I think, relatively consistently and is a top performer for us. For me, that's Jordan Eberly. Jordan Eberly and Jaden Schwartz, especially in season one, had to bear the brunt of almost always talking to media after tough losses. And there were a lot of tough losses in season one. Now, um, you know, Jaden Schwartz, his situation is a little bit different. And I know, I believe because of a, like a skin condition, you know, his time on the ice with the team varied Although we talked about it, we had a whole episode on why Jaden Schwartz is a, is a key part of this team as well. And I think maybe he becomes an honorable mention as well. But again, when it comes to extensions and stuff like that, I'm sure I'll be talking about Veneers and Schwartz. And there's a few other players. Again, I've probably mentioned them and teased them a time or two. But I really like Eberly on this team. I was not watching much NHL before the Seattle Kraken. So literally for me, Eberly is a member of the Kraken. I know that he's played elsewhere, but, uh, and I, I know especially that he was in Long Island, um, but there's something about Ebbs in a Kraken uniform that just looks and feels right. I think he is a great balance. He has a great balance between being a vocal leader and being a lead by example guy. And I really like Eberly for captain. And so if he's going to be captain, I think we have to extend him. So just looking at cap friendly here, what are we talking about? Everly, who's one of our alternate captains, he becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2024-25. And Yanni Gord, who I also mentioned, the next year is a UFA. Um, So I, I... you know, again, we'll go into who I think is going to get an extension a little bit more. But when it comes to the heartbeat, having these guys as a part of the long-term future for the Seattle Kraken, I really like. Now you have to take into account their age. Jordan Eberly on the air quotes wrong side of 30. He's 33 years old. Um, whereas Yanni Gord, um, you know, he's also on the air quotes wrong side of 30 at 31. You know, I remember um, there was a comment one time saying about Eberly and Schwartz, who uh, Gene Schwartz, also on the air quote, wrong side of 30 at 31, saying that Eberly, maybe you don't want to give him an extension or have him as a part of the long term future because, you know, he's 33 years old. For me, I guess it really boils down to because we've seen guys play into their 40s. Do we think Eberly has that um, stamina? Can he stay healthy? Can he be a peak performer, you know, late into his 30s? Um, I think he can be. I think we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Eberly. And I really do think he's energized. I mean, look what happened when he was playing with Matty Beneers, with Jared McCann, and then also at times with uh, Ty Cartier. I think you get him a good pairing 
or more so, he becomes that stabilization, right? That smooth ride for a group of really young and talented guys. I think that's lethal because Everly has shown that he can step his game up. He wants to, he wants to skate, or as I would say in like basketball, he wants to run with, uh, he wants to run with, uh, you know, the top tier. He wants to run with the top tier and I think he can do it. So that's who I think is the heartbeat of this Seattle Kraken team. But how do you like my picks, my two picks and my honorable mention? And then let me know in the comments, who do you think is the heartbeat of the Seattle Kraken? And I'm going to use some of what we talked about today to make a case for Everly, Yanni Gord, obviously Maddie Beniers, and a few other people on why we should give them an extension but I think, honestly, I'm with Striatic, one of our YouTube watchers. <laughs> Just extend them all. I don't know what the cap is going to look like if we do that, but I, in Ron Francis, I trust. We're going to get it figured out. Um, it's going to be interesting, folks. I really do think this is going to be a great training camp. We talked about how Martin Jones maybe is a piece now that's going to make things competitive. For us, Martin Jones was a necessity. He wasn't really there to create competition. He was there because we were down goal goalies in a big way. But maybe he also did kind of motivate the young uh, Joey Decord, who, as we've talked about on the show, kind of had a little chip on his shoulder. That's a, uh, what musical is that? I honestly think that's from uh, Legally Blonde, the musical, which is so strange. Anyway, um, so Martin Jones, I guess, you know, playing his role. He knows his role. He's playing his role. He did that for us. He's trying to do that for Toronto. But who is that for us? Do we have a, a person sprung as a PTO, Martin Jones coming in? Who is that guy that we think? is really going to push the competition. In some ways, I think it is Joey Decord. We got to see what Drieger's looking like. But I think we need a little more sandpaper, baby. We need to have that built-in competition in, in a healthy way, in a good way, um, across the board. I'd like to see it more on the defensive side, but we need it on the forward side as well. So that just means we've got lots to talk about. We're going to do a Firebirds Friday tomorrow, so make sure you stay locked right here on Kraken, where we bring you your favorite team every single day. You know what I'll say next. I want you to be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and let's hold fast, stay true, and we say loud and proud, let's go Kraken. I'll see you on the next episode. Peace.